Yes, team, how are we? Welcome back to another episode of the High Performance Coach Podcast. Today, uh, we have a slightly different setting and we have the man, the myth, the legend, the founder of the Coach Consultant. And not only that, now the cycling king, Mr. Ben Hawksworth. How are you, buddy? I'm all right, mate. Yeah, other than other than three days and 250k and about 16,000 foot, uh, I'm feeling a bit sore in every every avenue now to man. So, if you see me just looking a little bit uncomfortable and sat a little bit weird, it's because I generally don't know where I can sit where I'm not in pain at the moment. But other than that, we're feeling fresh, ready to go. Really, I've got a desperado down here as well, so that always helps. Deck chairs, Desperado, and uh, some Pyrenees Mountains, which is absolutely immense. Uh, to myself, Ben Revo, uh, head of athletic performance, who's been on the pod a couple of times before, and his best mate, Nick. And of course, the captain behind the lens uh, drove down uh, on Friday to the Pyrenees. So Ben got up at, well, actually, before he went to bed. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, so I went, from, I went back from Dubai, two hours sleep. Next night, about six hours, and then I had about three hours before setting off to obviously come pick everyone up. So I've done it right, to be fair, but I actually had 12 hours sleep on the on the second night here, and I felt felt very fresh, ready to rock and roll. So um, other than sleep deprivation, we've, we've kind of handled it all right, to be fair. I've never seen a man who's been slow sleep deprived, but caffeinated out of his <laughs> brain yeah. and still drove like an absolute wizard, and then obviously spent three days on the bike. But in all honesty, dude, how have you found three days on the bike? Because the most you'd ever cycled outdoors before, prior to this was 55 miles? Yeah, so I was I was preparing for Land's End to John O'Groat cycle, but um, it, it didn't go very well, put it that way. I had a Trek road bike, which broke, and I was like, right, Fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back bigger and better. So I thought, right, I'm gonna double down. I'm gonna get an even better bike, right? Because that's gonna always solve everything. Spending more money on cycling. So I basically went in, got this bike, three weeks out. We were both at peak kind of at that point. I was feeling best that I've ever been, and then the actual giant road bike broke as well. I had to send that back to factory. So it was annoying because it was like an absolute massive anti-climax. So I was like, you've just spent best part of like 20 weeks preparing for this Land's End to John O'Groat cycle. But as soon as he said like, look, we're going to be doing this in Pyrenees, I was like, yeah, well, um, I'll 100% jump on that. Jesus Christ. I, I think it Land's End to John O'Groat, yeah, difficult. It's so long duration. You've got big hills. But doing... 16,000 foot in three days, 250 kilometer, when I'd only ever maxed out around, I think about 60 miles before, uh, it was a little bit of a shock to the system. So day one, day one it was just like getting slapped in the face. That's all I could describe it. I was like, wow. Like, most annoying thing is when you've got this little whippy, he might as well have ran, literally could have run up, got his bike, come back, cycled up and come back down by the time I'd obviously got halfway up. Um, but yeah, first day was rough. Second day is what broke me in the last last three case so that was the 2000 meter altitude one and then today um that was actually what happened joe cycled all the way to the top hour at the final 3k and i was like nah, I'm, I'm i'm done out here but i'm i've got nothing nothing left have you seen that that meme where it's like i've got nothing left yeah. <laughs> ian beale yeah ian beale that's literally <laughs> what i was like and i was just like genuinely just on my own cycling and crying at the same time i was like this how can i how can i experience this much pain and keep going but um yeah we picked it up and finished it from that point but i was to put it into perspective i was in that much pain i didn't even enjoy coming back downhill i was like just get me off this bike i'm, I'm done 
and then somehow signed up to a marathon this morning we you. So, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's not going to be getting any easier, put it that way. Mate, in all honesty, I take my hat off to you. I think it's uh, what you've been able to do over the last three days with the capacity that you've had um, and obviously just the inexperience in terms of obviously being on the bike. Revo's literally cycled more mountains than I've had up dinners. Obviously, I've done a little bit, obviously, in the past. So, mate, for you to come in and uh, to set the standard and to set the pace, obviously, uh, we uh, we went off and uh, smashed out a 20k to finish off, which was which was yeah. you that you you that basically initiated that yesterday, yeah. and uh, both myself and Revo were struggling to keep up Give in terms some. of the level of, in terms of the level of intensity, mate. And you're an absolute powerhouse, and uh, to soldier through those mountains in the way in which you have done, mate, with where you are, I think is an absolute testament to you. Yeah, get me on get me on a flat or a slight decline, and I'll, and I'll have it all day. Anything upwards, no, I need to be losing 10 kilo before I'm even yeah. trying with that. Because yeah. it's like, as soon as we got to a flat, I was like, yeah, fuck this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show them now. And then it's literally get a slight gradient and you just see me just drop back, drop back, drop back. And I'm just looking at them too, like, literally just cycling along like they've never even got any type of pain at all. Yeah. But I think body, any any type of gradient body weight makes a massive, massive difference. And like I say, mate, you've got 15 kegs. Yeah. I mean, you're like a powerhouse on the bike as well. And you've got a good 10 kegs on Revo as well. So, mate, you're saying now, obviously, going into marathon, obviously, December, drop, drop five, 10 kegs, mate, you'll be absolutely flying on foot. Yeah, I need to get, I need to get under 90 kilo and learn how to run. I think that's probably going to be a good starting point in all fairness. It's the same <laughs> as when I decided that I was going to cycle. I was like, never, I've done a bit of road cycling before about eight years ago. And I was like, all right, yeah. And, but that's what, that's what I've enjoyed in the last six months because I've come from an athletic background. I went into bodybuilding for a bit and then I went into business and I never went back to anything. So it's like in the last six months, it's like, I don't want to go back and do anything which is the same. So like this now has obviously been an incredible experience to tick off and I'm like, right, for me to run a marathon is like just so out, out of even possible in my head at the moment. But that's the whole point we've got. 23 weeks or whatever it is and, and every single week if it, it starts to become a bit more possible a bit more possible and i think for me at this point in my career now in my life that's 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 kind of what i want i want to be thinking right what's new what what more out there is there other than just kind of the inside walls of a gym really yeah definitely mate just before we go into that what was your darkest moment and what was the driving force that you used psychologically to push you through that in terms of the last last few days what what was on your mind the last few days, um, I, do you know what? It's differed. So like day day one, it was more of a case of like, wow, you little bitch. That, that's that's basically <laughs> what I was thinking. It was like, you little bitch. How are these like? I'm looking at these two flying up, and I'm like, I'm, it, one of them things like, I'm not tapping out. I'm not tapping out. Like day two was like, I was just more like, it was more abusive to myself. I was just like, I was just like absolutely hammering myself, like proper self motivational talk. Like if someone had been filming that, it'd have been definitely on a trending audio. I'm telling you now. Yeah, Goggins. But today, today I was actually all right. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty steady. And I was, because I knew it was the last day I was attacking it. But then, like I said, that last three, if you didn't come down on that last three K, I'd have just literally rolled down mountain. <laughs> I'd have been like, I'll see you at bottom lads. I can't even be our cycling down. Mate, last three, honestly, yeah, the last last K, mate, you were like a man on a mission though. Yeah, I just went full psycho on it really. Yeah. And I regretted it afterwards. <laughs> I couldn't even stand up. Just like that. Proper hammered it. it. Just went from literally like lowest gear to second one, powering it through. It, to be fair, it was just my body weight falling onto it pedal what we're carrying me forwards yeah no mate absolutely incredible you said that obviously you you want to now be able to go and explore something new so before obviously we go into what's new who is the coach consultant and how has that formed over the years in terms of what you've been through and now why you do what you do so 
I, I first started, so I was obviously, like, do you know what, I'm going to be putting a post up tonight saying this, like me and Joe, and I didn't realise this, I knew that we were, we were very similar people, but we're, we've also got very, very similar business models and like the pathway in which we've got to where we are. So for example, I went from maxing myself out as an online coach, then into personal training, then I had a meal prep company. Then I was like, I got more intrigued in the business side of it. So I started mentoring. Then I basically started my first real company structure, I'd like to call it, which is CP Education. So that's like um, an academy. So it's both high performance coaching and also um, the business at that point. And then a level two and level three. But as that started to grow, um, the caliber of people who were coming through were just better and better and better. So it was, it was way beyond the CP education kind of brand at that point. We just, I'd kind of outgrown that on a, on, a, on a consultancy level. So I was like, right, I need to create something. Um, and I created the concept of the coach consultant, which is, again, another thing because Joe was obviously the coach's coach. So we both kind of got to that point where it's like, right, we're maxed out what we can do on a one-to-one -one level and they were like right what's next so i built the coach consultant which was basically a kind of high performance agency so that's like 15 staff which covers automation crm systems social media email marketing operations account management fucking basically everything that you need to build a six seven figure um business it's pretty pretty much predominantly what we do now um and it basically rocketed last year so we were doing well, don't get me wrong, really, really well, but then we had a growth spurt where it went, we, we basically hit 10 times revenue in 10 months. So you're talking like an absolute silly level growth to the point where I was like, Jesus Christ, how can I actually keep hold of this and maintain quality? Because we launched the CP Academy, we launched the Coach Convention, which is an event that I ran last year, and then obviously we're in a spike for the Coach Consultant. So it was like in 2022, I, I, I to truly maxed out like who I was at it with like my capacity for business. So it's like in 2023, like we've got the business now, we've got the seven figure company structure, we've got everything, but I kind of removed the pressure from myself because I was like, last year I, I were in the office to 10 to 12 hours a day. And there's a certain point where you've got to look at yourself and go like, yeah, money might be absolutely incredible, but I, I'm not feeling good when I wake up in the morning. I'm not, I'm not feeling good when I go to bed. I don't know what, what, who Ben Oaksworth even is anymore. And I basically went into working with, with TMP and we realized one of the biggest, biggest issues that I, I had was I had every form of professional identity. So there'll be a lot of people who probably know me watching this podcast and they've seen a massive change in my social strategy, everything in the last six months. And that's because I went all in on Ben Hawksworth as, as a businessman. And yeah, for me, that was a massive thing because I wanted to have that stability for my family. I wanted to have everyone else there. But being a multimillionaire was never the end goal for me. It was a case of what can I experience along the way. So then since that, um, I've basically kind of took the pressure off myself, hired more staff in so I can take a bit more of a, a back seat and have oversight management and actually start doing stuff for myself. And that's obviously when I basically first started taught, um, working with Dan Reeve. And he's seen, like when I first started with Dan, for example, who's part of, again, high performance coaching, I was basically still not in the right good place with balance and, and work and hours and he's okay, again exactly what i need he'll just he's exactly the same person as me like i someone comes to me and like bloody bloody blah, blah, blah i'll just go that's what you need to fucking do right stop messing about get it done 
And for me, that's the exact approach that I kind of needed because it was a case of trying to transition out of being the guy who was basically um, living to work to then working to live was actually a lot harder than what I expected because my whole identity had been built based on what's he done with business? What money is he earned? What's he done with stuff like that? And I'm like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be known for that. Like the thing for me with the coach consult, and, and I've said, spoke to you about this this weekend, is I don't want to be, I don't want to be seen like the other business mentors in the fitness industry. I want to be the person who people can come in and actually relate to and talk to and know that kind of, I've actually got the attention and detail to care about them. They're not just kind of another number. And I've really heavily focused on that in the last six months and focused heavily on client relationships rather than scaling. And we have like an 80% retention rate on, on, a, on a high ticket company offer, which is fucking ridiculous when you look at statistics from that. And we ran like reports with clients and it was like, one of the main reasons that people come and people stay is because of me. And I was like, and for me, without my head works, I'm like, yeah, but I can't really accept that. But I've had moments where I've dipped into the business marketing guru person. And I'm like, and it's just not me. Like, I am a rough kid off a, off a council estate. Do you know what I mean? I am a very straight up person. But how we work with clients and who we work with are still some of the best in the world. And I know that our kind of attention to detail is up there in kind of world class as well. Mate, I love that. What do you believe have been some of the biggest challenges that you've had in terms of now trying to pull away and not be Ben the coach consultant, Ben the business guy, and actually now Ben, who's Ben? What's been some of the biggest challenges you've had with respect to trying to now pull back and take a step back or even now relinquishing some control? The, yeah, the, it's trust. It's, it's trusting people to come in and um, go for the same level of attention to detail that I, I basically do with clients. Because I was, to put this into perspective, guys, I was, oper I was managing the best part of 35 to 40 companies on my own 10 months ago, which, like, you're talking... I was doing best part of 70 hours calls a week. I was building, managing everything, doing it, my, doing it with myself. And for me, I started hiring and it was really, really good. And the two ones that made a massive difference recently was basically, um, what's it called? Um, hiring Beth internally within the company rather than externally because I needed an account manager. And I was like, I don't really want someone who's got 10 years experience in account management. I want someone who's got experience working with me and who we work with. And basically every single one of our clients voted Beth Mm -hmm. And then the next one was bringing Charlie in. And I, I basically, I saw this on someone the other day. I had a choice between a guy who basically built multiple seven-figure companies. He had like 20 years experience in sales. He spoke like eight languages, which is, I'm not really asked about that. Do you know what I mean? I, That's still a, uh, yeah. I can barely speak English if you can't tell. Um, but basically, in essence, it was a choice between him or Charlie. And I was like, I went with Charlie because I know that his attention to detail and his care would be the same as what, what I am. And since we've come in, like clients are absolutely buzzing with him. So it's like for me now, like in order to let go of the reins, it's about just hiring people that I trust and basically just directly asking my clients, like, what do you want? Yeah. Like that's, I think that's what it come down to when I ran all the reports of it, rather than me just turn around and go, right, in order for me to actually have a life and also still manage this at a much better like level, I need to have people who come in and trust, but there's absolutely fuck all point me coming in and making decisions. Like for example, next month or, or the month after, I'm gonna send another report out to clients and turn around and go, right, who do you want now? And I'll just hire someone and I'll stick someone on a full-time wage. Yeah. Because that's exactly what they want. 
and, and that's all I want to kind of keep building on it. Like how we operate with the coach consultant is you've got a lot of companies out there who, who every part of their marketing is outbound churn rate sales. Right? We've built a seven figure monthly structure just on retentions and referrals alone. Like again, me and Joe are on very, very similar situations when it comes to what we've pushed with marketing so far and what we haven't. And for me, it's I always want to focus on that first before kind of expanding and growing. Yeah, I think, mate, it's, it's, it's like trying to fish, but with a, a, the hole at the back of your net. It's like yeah. if you're trying to fish, but you've got a hole at the back of your net, well, you're always going to be limited because ultimately your client fulfillment, your client retention, your client referrals is ultimately the, the machine, the engine is the very thing is the most uh, efficient and effective mechanism that you obviously have at your disposal. It's being great at what you do. One thing that I picked up on then, and this is something that I learned from Simon Sinek, who said this about um, going in and working alongside some Navy SEALs, he was talking about actually like a team. And he yeah. talked about you basically have high performers and you have trust. And they were basically talking about whenever they're now looking at obviously um, hiring and or um, the process, what they're actually now looking for is they don't want the highest performer with the lowest level of trust. They'd much rather have somebody that's got high trust yeah. and is a low performer every single day of the week because we now know that trust is the very uh, will and the characteristics, the skill can be taught in terms of the performance. But being a high performer doesn't automatically now mean that you have that trust. And I think if you're looking to hire, it's always going to be person first, trust first before skill, because the skill can always be taught, which is it sounds as though that's exactly what you've been able to initiate and do and, and learn, which has allowed you then to build and develop those relationships and let go. Yeah, there's no point in hiring someone if they don't give a shit. It does not matter how good they are if they don't give a shit. That's kind of one thing I say to anyone when I go through a hiring process. For example, like with our clients, we have like a weekly, so for example, like a weekly check-in, which is my oversight management, which is like 15 to 20 questions, reviewing every single one of my staff and also their team and all the KPIs we need in the business. And then alongside that, they've got one-to-one -one calls with up to 12 staff on a week-to-week -week basis if they want. So for example, like I will come in and I will chuck out people's call links and say, right, I want you to have a call with X, Y, Z this week on this straight away. Mm -hmm. But if someone genuinely didn't give a shit, they'd be like, why am I on a call with this person? Yeah. Don't matter why you're on a fucking call with them. That's what we're here to do is to help them. This is the strategy. This is what needs to be done. Sometimes like, some clients might come in and they might need a, a level of attention to detail and a level of care, which is different to our other clients. And for example, when you compare someone who get like, you've got a gold standard client, they understand everything, it comes together really, really quickly. You can't operate like that because some people need that a little bit of attention to detail, need that extra little bit of care. So for example, exactly the same as you guys, like I've, I've heard Joe on voice notes this weekend where it's like, some coaches I can tell who need more reassurance and then some people who just need that more straight up approach and like, look, this is what you need to do. And it's understanding like, how the, how the high performance coach works and the coach consultant is literally it, it going on symmetrical in terms of like client fulfillment. The only difference is I sort businesses out and you sort people and performance out. That's all it is really. Yeah, definitely. I think it comes back down to it. it's like person first, process second. Yeah. It's like you can build the very best process and you can have the best frameworks in the world, but if you now don't meet the person where they're at and give them what they uh, need and make sure they have their needs met, well, fundamentally, it doesn't matter how good you are, the results that you say that you can get. It now comes back down to obviously that relationship building, which is the core fundamental, which trust is then built. And then as a foundation of that, everything else gets built upon because then they trust you and they trust the team. And the other thing that, you know, for me, which was a big lesson was actually realizing that 
it was just my ego that was getting in the way of stopping me from actually bringing in people that were far better yeah, than me. Um, and actually realizing that there are so many people out there that are so superior to me. Again, like Revo's a perfect example of that, Jen, Ben, Troy, uh, and even the captain behind the lens like that we, uh, we have at the moment. And it's just about realizing that there are people that are far better suited and have far greater expertise and can do a job far superior to me. The only thing that was holding me back was my ego getting yeah. hurt. Um, and that actually has kept me stuck for longer than it should in the business. And actually I was then the biggest bottleneck, which is I know something exactly that we spoke so, about yeah. obviously over the course of that monumental drive that we yeah, did. A, bit, a lot of chat on that car. But yeah, for example, it, it's not just about that as well. Like for example, when I look at my staff, every single one of my staff are better than me in their role, but it's not just about that. If I'm trying to do absolutely everything, you're trying to do absolutely everything, you're exhausted on another level. Even if you hired a staff member who potentially wasn't as good as you in that area, because you're so stretched out or I'm that stretched out, that client's not going to get that level of energy. They're not going to get that level of attention to detail. And it's a case of coming in and obviously hiring based on spe like speciality, but understanding that every single person who comes, like, it's a good one because a lot of your guys might be hiring coaches. Don't expect someone to be coming in and it to be perfect straight away. Like, it really, really winds me up that when people hire and they go, oh, shit, it's been seven days. What yeah. calls have you done with that person? What reports have you done with that person? What pre-training have you given that person? How much support have you given that person? Because it's about how you can obviously nurture someone into being the person that you want them to be. So, for example, like I, say, I say this to when I have... Um, I used to do discovery calls, obviously. I don't really do them anymore because Ben handles them all. But when someone used to come onto a call with me and they'll turn and go, right, what's going to happen to my business in the next four, four weeks? And I'll just turn around straight away and go, I've not even had a single call with you on your business yet or seen how you operate. I know how I operate. This is what we do and this is what we've achieved and this is what we can do. But it's a two-way working relationship. Like That's something that me and Joe spoke about loads this weekend. Like for me... I would rather, I'd rather have a quarter of the client, like for example, I'd rather keep the, the same amount of clients that I've got now and have this level of enjoyment that I have working with these people than have double my business and have people who just aren't suited to like our values and how we work as a team because when you, and again for coaches, like for example, you might have 50 clients. If you've got 20 of them which are causing you a headache, they're not great in the community, they're just overall being like a bad egg, remove that straight away. Because in the long run, it's not about how much money you make in that three months. It's about how long can you retain those clients for three years? How well can you perform in your job? And it, but if you've got someone coming in or like, again, clients or even staff or anything pecking your head, get rid of it straight away or address the situation. I'll normally go for like a free phase thing with, with clients or staff. I'll address the situation. I'll review it as a team. If nothing's improved, then it's gone straight away. Regardless of money, regardless of anything, like you've always got to look after yourself and you've always got to look after your team. And I think that's an absolute massive thing for people to understand that just because someone comes in and they're paying you money does not give them a right to treat you like shit. Yeah, I think it, it's co it costs you more because yeah. you're focusing all your effort and your attention. If we use like, as an example, you almost have like a 10%, 80%, 10%. It's like you have your 10% absolute, you know, gold standard, you have 80% of good. And then you have your 10% of like the individuals that are always like consistently, um, I'll use the example of like being in the red 
red like your energy your effort and your focus is then completely immersed obviously in yep. the um, the bottom section which then means the decisions the actions that you now take and you now make are completely distorted based upon those individuals and therefore inhibits your energy the clarity uh, your capacity to now be to see differently uh, and also actually the culture and the community that you're actually now creating and you end up then starting to almost please those individuals instead of now focusing on the majority and the people that are now doing well and you can then be far more proactive and be far more strategic in your approach rather than trying to please yeah. um and therefore like my biggest lesson was like at, for a period of time that can almost like keep you stuck uh, and then you lose that sense of fulfillment you lose that sense of enjoyment um and then you start to question yourself in terms of what am i doing this for and then you go down the lens of well if i just get more and i just do this and i just do that but then you're just chasing this Thing that just keeps getting further away that doesn't actually fulfill you so dude what was the what was the kind of like catal uh what was the catalyst or what was the moment for you that made you realize okay something needs to change well when i was expanding the team that i've got now yeah when you went from like working with obviously um more clients and or getting to a point where you basically just said well okay this I, isn't for me now i basically i, I again I take things to true level max, very similar to what you've probably done. So like it was at the back end of last year and I walked off, anyone obviously saw the coach convention. I remember the coach convention finishing, you'll see a video at the end and I literally dropped down onto my knees. Dropped down onto my knees and I was like, I was that exhausted in that moment and I was like, I basically got to the end of the coach convention and I was excited for it to finish because I was that fatigued. Mm -hmm. Right, and for example, this was, this was an incredibly successful event. We made massive amounts of impact, great for business, great for everyone who were involved. But for me personally, I was looking more forward to that day ending than it was starting because I'd pushed myself on a level which was just unheard of, unseen. So for example, like when TM, I started working with TMP and I showed him the calls and the work and everything I'd done last year, and he was like, this is not human. Like I, I've, I've, I'm basically ASD, so I am like a bit autistic, so I, I can process a lot of information. But there's a certain point where you start taking the piss. And I base, that's how I describe it. It's not big, it's not clever, you're taking the piss out of yourself. If I'm going home to Stacey and I'm stressed and I'm tired and I can't even hold, sorry, like for example, I was working from home then, I can't even hold a conversation with my own wife because I'm that mentally tired. Or I was going into the gym and I was doing 20 minute gym sessions because my WhatsApp were getting hammered that hard from six o'clock in the morning that I literally stopped training. And because I didn't have structure, I didn't have good sleep, I didn't have good training, that was leading to literally not eating any food, having too much caffeine, which that was just last week alone. Well, I do a lot of caffeine and coffee, but for example, overall, for me, my, my physical and mental health was on the decline, even though my bank was going through the fucking roof. And it really kind of makes you sit there and go like, what? Something that like TMP said to me again, and actually James Elliott the other day is like, what's the point? Like, what is the point in what you're doing? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's a big one. Like for me recently, like this trip here was, it like sounds stupid, but like there's something very like nostalgic and empowering about going through like three hours cycling up a mountain fruit clouds to get to the top where I've got no internet connection i've got no anything else onto that side and that level of feeling and for me it's like that's that's what i want now like the business for me never changes but i can operate the business really really easily now like i don't want to ever put myself into a position where i'm at a level of stress where i stop enjoying my job because i literally fucking i love work like I love, like I love working through everything because people have this a bit, a bit like 
and you'll you'll get this a lot i don't know if you will have it just yet as your company starts to grow and it's not just you the first question that people ask is are you involved anymore yeah yeah so that's what i get all the time right and i'm like I literally go through every single, like for example, even when I'm going to be tra driving, like 20, well, traveling 24 hours tomorrow, I will still go through everyone's individual rapport and manage every single one of my staff to obviously go and do what they need to do and also relay feedback and exact stuff like this on a week-to-week basis. The only difference is I'm not the one who's putting in like six, six to seven hours calls a week. I've got people in specialized areas doing that. And I think that's, that's like the biggest pioneering moment for me is that I, I've, I'm in this position now where I do have free time and I don't want to fuck about with it. That's what this trip's about. Like, for example, we're looking to have a family in the next like year or so. And I don't, I don't ever want to get to the point where our oh, dad's at work, dad's in office, dad's coming home stressed. I don't want that life. Like, I mean, I've, I've told you a lot of stuff about me this weekend. Uh, I want to be present for my kids and I want to be present for like my wife and I want to be present for myself especially. And that's not been selfish. It's just the fact that I've, I've, I've done 10 years of this. Do you believe that you had to go through this to now get to this point? So like you're grateful because actually that ex extremity and that edge that you've now found in terms of upper limit, you had to find that? Yeah. I have to, it's, I, I have to hit a ceiling in everything I do before I, I, I make a decision. Mm -hmm. So like, even this is both good and bad, like Nutrafast, and if people will have heard of that meal prep company, push that, push that, push that. It, even six months before we closed that company, I turned around to Stacy and the investor and I said, this business is not going to work. Uh, the pandemic's not picking back, like, sorry, the economy's not picking up after the pandemic. People are only just getting back to the gyms. Everyone's skin. We're just going to be sinking money. Right. Still sank another 35, 40 grand into that business, even though I knew. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was like, I pu we pushed it and pushed it and pushed it until I was at TrueMax, Stacy was at TrueMax, and I was like, right, I called it a day. But then that was basically what trajectoried all my attention and energy going into into the coach consultant. So it was a massive blessing in disguise. But I think that's one thing that I'm so shit at, and it's basically um, prevention before intervention. Uh, and if you can stay in a in a state of preventing an issue before you need to intervene and, and create change, I would highly highly recommend that. But for me, I do push and do and push and push and push. And you're quite similar in that sense, in, in all fairness. But when you're in more of a stable position like we are in life now, and you've got an oversight and you're looking down on your business, you're looking down on everything else, all those problems, what you used to hit head on, you see it's coming. Yeah. And that's why I say to businesses all the time, I'll turn and go, right, yeah, this is great, 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 great. But have you thought about that? Yeah. And they're like, fucking hell. I didn't even think that, yeah. that I think about that one. One beautiful analogy that Jen, who is our head of our coach development, said to me a little while ago when we were driving down to Manchester, she was basically like, Joe, you need to pull yourself at the moment, mate, you're on the dance floor. And she's like, you need to move yourself from the dance floor and you need to go and stand up on the balco and you need to give yourself the opportunity to go from like being operational, being in it, and then yeah. basically being, you're so emotional, you can't hit what you can't see because you're so immersed and your head's almost in the weeds and then you're reacting instead of actually now going, right, okay, even, again, doesn't matter whether you've got five clients, 10 clients, or you've got 150 clients or whatever, 
but it's like still being able to give yourself that space to actually just uh, take a bird's eye view approach and be a little bit more strategic and have a little bit more of an oversight which allows you the opportunity just to think and see things differently because as soon as you bring your emotion into it which is inevitable then all of a sudden your decision making process is becoming completely different especially when you absolutely live and breathe what you do and of course like i use myself and you've communicated like you wrap so much of your identity and your self-worth yep. for a period of time in that thing and you've been validated as well like as he's the go-to guy or this is basically yeah, how yeah. amazing you are and then you feel as though well actually do you know what i'm only this person if i reach this level or do this thing and being able to actually just remove yourself and then start to look at right okay yeah what is it i really want what's important to me you know and um you know like what does you know, my rich life now look like what do i value am i living in alignment with my values and am i being true to myself and with my kind of 80 year old self look back and be proud of the decisions actions, and choices that i'm now taking and making and i think as always like some lessons have got to be experienced in all of them to be fully understood and you've yeah. got to go through the challenge and i think you've got to go to that place to then learn and grow which then gives you the opportunity to then actually coach and teach again from a different place because you've actually been there which allows you to i think operate from a place of authenticity because you both live it yeah. and then you've also learned it which then gives you that opportunity to then be able to see things differently which can be so powerful so dude in your mind what is a high performance business you work with some of the very best in the world and some of the very best in the game like what what and how would you define a high performance business a high performance business starts with a high performance operator right so this is why again like my audience and my clients and what high performance coach does is goes hand in hand because for example one of the biggest issues that i face with any new business coming through or even for example you're talking the guys who are hitting seven figures monthly the issues start with them first before it actually looks at the business so for example it's people everything that we've spoke about today where people aren't looking after themselves they're not operating on the right level they're not got confidence to make decisions they're basically not got their own authority once you've got a top level operator within a business then it's a case of kind of just layering out the structure to like what you are actually offering and how you do market that and most importantly like how do you actually fulfill that because one of the things that i i genuinely fucking despise in the fitness industry is people who have absolutely incredible offers right because it's really not that difficult to, to create a a really good company name like a program design and make it a little bit edgy and stuff onto that side but a lot of the time people become so good at marketing and sales with it, but they totally forget about the actual delivery of that actual specific program that offer. So they go into this cycle of just sales, churn, sales, churn, sales, churn, they just simply don't grow. So for example, like what we do with the coach consultant is like, yeah, it's heavily focused on like program design, marketing, sales, everything that you do basically with an high performance business, the whole point of having a CRM system, the whole point of social strategy, lead gen, email nurturing, campaigns, everything. But it doesn't matter what I do to someone's business if they can't keep their clients in the first place. So for example, like we try and fill every single gap known to man. So for example, like with the reports that we have, I'll have Q1, Q2, Q3, Q report, reports from all companies, clients to review their coaches and their teams. I'll have client leaving reports. And basically it's over time you start to learn so much about a director and their company. That's what builds a high performance company. Like it's not about coming in and suddenly going, bang, right, yeah, this is exactly what you need to do right now. 
because I can genuinely build a, a, a six, seven figure company structure, offer marketing framework in 30 minutes. Right? I do it because I do it all the time. My main job from that point is to look at every single new bit of data and KPI and feedback that comes in across all these different avenues and make the right decisions moving forward. Because what, again, you'll see a lot of like my competitors probably do is coming in and going, I promise that we're going to do this in the next 12 weeks. Right. Whereas what I do is I go, I promise you that in this next 12 weeks, I'll be able to give you that much structure, feedback and accountability that you're not going to fucking need to use me in 12 months because you're going to have your own operations managers. You're going to have your own teams. You're going to have your own staff that I never want clients to be reliant on us. The only reason that we have such good retention is the fact that people aren't stupid. They know that if they were going to go and hire all these individual staff elsewhere, it would cost them five times as much. And for me, they know that I'm becoming and giving people honest advice. So for example, this is, in my opinion, how you create a high performance company. It's about the relationship that you have with who you're working with, making sure that your marketing and sales matches your actual client fulfillment. And then most importantly, monitoring, tracking, reviewing, rebuilding and relaunching on a continuous basis. Every single fucking week, what needs to be better? Right, every single month, right, what's the new target? Because it's not a one-dimensional process, it's a multi-dimensional process managing a, a business like yours and again, the type of clients that we've got. But it comes down to communication management and tracking and staying utterly consistent. It's not about what can we do in the next four weeks, it's about what type of framework can we build to have sustained growth for the next four years, we'll then set up the next, um, sorry, four months, which will set up the next four years. I have multiple different questions I'm going to ask, but I'm going to start with this. What do you think are some of the characteristics and traits that some of your highest performing operators have that stands them out in the marketplace that makes them who they are, that allows them to perform the, at the level they do? Um, they've spent a hell of a lot of time focusing on their own personal brand. So in order, in order for you to build a big coaching team, a referral model, a company structure, you, the, I always use this analogy where it's like Tim pin bowling. So for example, you've got Joe Parrish, right? You've got, well, I'm not gonna, I don't know if you spoke about some movements that you make into your business, but he's got some stuff what's happening down the line. And then he's got all of these coaches, all of these clients behind him, right? What you've got to imagine is Joe's this front pin. Right? And everything that he's doing with his business, his athleticism, everything else on that side is behind. If he's sat constantly looking back and thinking, what is everyone else doing, not focusing on personal brand, when you try and hit that front pin, nothing's going to get knocked over. If Joe stands up and goes, right, I'm Joe Parrish, I'm the high performance coach, we are the high performance coach, then his personal brand alone will knock over every single avenue behind him. So I'm saying this because this is where I messed up. And I don't know when you got invested into social media, but if I'd have invested into social media like I do now, eight years ago when I first started, I would be, I'd have eight, 60, 70K thousand followers if I'd learned and invested into it. And because of that, I would have had four times as much business. Mm -hmm. right? I can't stand social media game. I generally, it really does made in. I've changed it in the last few weeks and I've actually like quadrupled my reach just from being myself and being authentic. But this is me still finding my feet with that. But the best directors and the best high performance companies have spent a, a, a good duration of time focused on building their own personal brand alongside obviously client results, client fulfillment and growth onto that side. They've nailed the absolute fucking basics before they tried to come in and get fancy. 
Yeah, complete, completely agree well, wholeheartedly. And again, it's that kind of like overnight success mentality. Like what you don't see is the five, six, seven, eight years that they've done previously yeah. of the reps that they've now put in. And again, like it takes time. It takes work to become like an expert within that domain. And it's not an overnight process. The second thing was you talked about like the continual tracking, monitoring and then reviewing of said data. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges that coaches have, even if they only have, again, 10, 20, 30 clients or even 150 clients? So what do you think are some of the biggest challenges they have surrounding actually doing that? Why don't they do that? Tracking. What do you mean as in challenges that they face by actually gathering that data in the first place? Well, my, my biggest, one of my biggest kind of observations, and I've used myself as an example, it's like quite often that goes to the back burner because they just focus on the front-facing uh, stuff instead of actually now taking the time to actually yep. now look more strategically, look at reports, look at and understand actually data because ultimately, again, like the numbers don't lie. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen that actually stops coaches from actually addressing that? Is it because they don't know what to do? Or is it because they're not doing what they know? It's about people not think. So I, I posted this the other day is think forward. So when you're looking, look forwards and don't look downwards. So for example, something that I do for, for, for companies build Gantt charts, which is basically like forward facing strategy and making sure that every single month there's a form of focus on client fulfillment, better programming, lead generation and sales. But for example, like with George, and I've already spoke to, to Joe this weekend about George's systemized to scale CRM. In order to be a high performance company owner and director, you need to know what your numbers are. And it's really, really hard because I can guarantee you there's a, I'd say a high percentage of the guys within the high performance coach and the clients do it because they just genuinely love fucking coaching. Mm -hmm. right? I'm the same now and I just love business consultancy. But if I don't know the numbers to my business, it's genuinely pointless. So for example, uh, I take on some clients, to put this in perspective, who are generating thousands of leads a week, right? You're not talking a few, and that, don't worry, that's a few percentage. Like, even for example, if you're coming in hitting 25 to 30, 30 leads on a week to week basis, or even five to 10, it generally does not matter. You can get in free, but what you've got to take into account is, I'll come in and go, right, We'll refine everything in terms of a company framework. We'll refine the right type of skills. We'll build in everything that we need in terms of lead generation. But if you're not converting, right, then what is the, what's the point in, in coming in and doing any form of new, new form of lead generation? If you can get 10 clients in in a month to month basis and convert 60 to 70% of them, depending on what your offer is and your built business model, they're good numbers, right? So I'm like, right, yeah, sweet. Let's have some fucking fun with this now and let's maintain it. But if someone's coming in and getting 10 to 20% like, um, what's it called, conversion on, mm -hmm. the, on that, there's absolutely, there's, there's no point. So it's like, right, we've got to fit, and this is why, unless you're tracking the numbers, you're doing the weekly reports, you're having the conversations, you don't see these gaps. So for example, the, as soon as I kind of see these issues kind of highlighting and arising, or for example, it's a balance between lead generation um, conversion and retention. So they're my main things that I track in graphs and charts on a week-to-week -week basis so I can see an oversight. So if someone's coming in, I'm like, right, you're dropping as many clients as you're gaining, right? I know straight away we need to focus on client retention, mm -hmm. right? If we're coming in hitting high-level leads but no, no conversion, then I know that obviously we need to refine the sales process or get these teams and these directors more confident with sales. But then it's a case of the oversight of it. Once you have client retention absolutely boxed off, you have your sales process and the confidence behind it boxed off, right? 
smash the fuck, absolutely obliterate campaigns, lead generation, everything. But then I can gen, I can promise you that even for example, some of the highest performance guys, they'll go through a phase where it's like really, 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 really good, and guess what? Starts to go shit again. They start dropping clients, right? They stop converting on calls. So then I'm like, right, what's changed here? Right, so from that point, it might be because the director and one of the, 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 the people in the teams have had a bit of a shit conversation. So that, that, that coach is like, well, I'm not going to put effort into following up now. Or it might be because something's changed, or like, like someone, someone's come in and changed something and add some, added something to an inquiry process, which has nothing to do with us. And I'm like, who's added that? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's basically how it is. But if you're not reviewing that on a week-to-week basis and, and getting feedback and entering these conversations, you're running a business blind. Like that's how we operate at the Coach Console. And it's communication, it's reporting, it's feedback, it's actionables. It's not, again, each to their own, but it's not people jumping onto a call with 30 other business owners talking randomly. Like I want to know if the director's feeling good. Is he aligned or is she aligned to their company like every single week? Are they feeling motivated? Are they feeling fulfilled, right? How are the team feeling? Because if you're looking at a high performance company, you've got 50%, right? You've got systems, marketing, operations, and then you've got the people who fucking run it, right? And that's what Joe is absolutely sick at, is, is, is a management and people who run it. It's his, and this is why I ripped him in car on, on the way over here. It's like, it's your systems, bro, that needs to be sorted. So I was like, bang, right, that's what it was going to sort for you. But for example, like the 50-50, right, people run businesses, right, automations don't, robots don't, like, too fair, redundant. It's about how are they, how are they feeling, how motivated are they, how trained are they, how skilled are they, alongside having exactly what you need to run, kind of that type of structure. But it's the balance between the two. Yeah, I think, mate, it goes back to, you know, you use a reference of, like, even if you're a coach and you're coaching a client, it's like if you don't have any data, you don't know actually what they're lifting, yeah. uh, or what they're doing in the gym, or you have no understanding, or they have no understanding whatsoever in terms of what they're eating, it's like, well, then you as a coach are going to be very, very limited. Yes, you can obviously coach based upon, like, subjectivity, or how am I feeling, etc. but the reality is, obviously, there's so much emotion that's obviously immersed in that, and also, again, you don't know what you don't know, so actually, you're quite limited in terms of, like, the glass ceiling, whereas, actually, if you've got a handle over, okay, the data, the numbers, the reps, the sets, uh, the tracking, the logging, the, the you know, the yeah. progress, you can then start to understand right okay here's the trends here's the data and also you know use the exact exactly the same with a client it's like right okay you're not now dropping you've not now dropped body fat or body weight for the last x amount of days but if we now look at the data over the last three months you can now see a typical trend whereby your body weight after x days will now stagnate for a period of time and then you see it goes up a little bit then it comes down and then you can start to actually use that for them to be able to start to build more confidence in the process as well because that data then actually just reaffirms and gives them that confirmation so it's exactly the same with regards to business but i think it's um not what it's not it's not weird wonderful magical sexy and it's not no. immediate and it's just a necessary if you now want to be able to actually like build and grow and again like you know like even for me it's like this is only something that's really come into play i would say in the last kind of six months and is it something that i now implicitly like love and enjoy it's like no i love the people stuff you know but it's now this is what we've got to do and if you don't take responsibility over that then fundamentally you're just guessing and that then becomes obviously the biggest problem behind shiny object syndrome going and chasing weird and wonderful different things changing tactics strategies and doing yeah. a lot of low level stuff because you're not operating from that strategic of right okay this now makes sense and i can now start to see what's going on which is the very thing that i'm hearing that 
you now have in place with the highest performers that now want to go from good to great yeah 100 percent. it's like in order in order to come in and it's like when i take on a client and they come to me and most of our clients will range from like 10k starting point up to like 40 to 50k a month starting point right how if someone's coming in and they're on 40 50 grand a month i don't care Genuinely, I'm like, oh, sound, that's great, right, sweet. And I do the exact same process, right? We vet every single thing because a lot of the time, like, especially the top high performers, they'll turn around and go, oh, I've got that, I've done that, I've done this, I've done that. And I said, yeah, but I've not done it. I've not seen it. I've not seen it in action. I've not done that side. So, for example, like, when I, I've said that at the start of the podcast, like, our business models are very, very similar. Both me and Joe maxed out what we can do on a one-to-one level, and we had a choice, right? You basically have a choice at this point. Maxed out what you're doing on a one-to-one level. Do you go into a, basically a team maintaining one-to-one component, or do you go into a group coaching format, right? I built a business consultancy based on how I used to coach myself, mm-hmm. right? I can't coach myself unless there is a complete one-to-one level on a week-to-week basis, multiple touch points on a week-to-week basis, because that's how you manage people, that's how you manage high-performance companies. So I know, for example, and I'll say this, I'm gonna be joining the, um, joining the high-performance coach, right? Anyone who knows me knows I don't fuck about with something I don't like value, I, I don't, and I just turn around and say, oh, but for me, it's like, I'm already working with Dan, right? And obviously, Dan's the reason why I feel so, feel so good right now, and I've got to this point. And then you've got Joe involved, and you've got all these other staff, right? Why wouldn't I do that? Right? There's no reason why I wouldn't, because I'm going to be getting support from multiple different kind of avenues and being part of something. So, for example, when people come and work with me, and they're like, right, oh, is Ben, like, again, the question, is Ben involved? I'm like, yeah, Ben's involved, but so is 12 other people there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a case of, it's not just about, like, the director, it's about the structure and format you have across it all. And this is why, again, it's where people go wrong is when, for example, a lot of the high-performance coaching clients, you start to hire teams out, you have to put as much effort into showing how good they are just as much as you do yourself. Your personal brand then becomes them. Yeah. So Joe, for example, content all the time, community days all the time, podcasts with his with his kind of with his staff. Right? That's the stuff that you need to be doing. Just because, for example, you might get to a point where you hire someone or you hire a coach, something outside, doesn't mean that people are gonna sign up. Yeah. Right? So it's the same as for example like the standards that my agency staff have to have need to maintain the same standards I would operate with people, right? But a lot of the time, people will probably have better feedback to say about my, my agency staff than me because I'll just tell people straight. Yeah. But that's also one of my biggest selling points and what people love. And they'll turn around and go, oh, Ben, Ben's giving me a bit of shit. And, and, and Beth will go, why? I mean, I've not done that. Yeah. And Beth like, well, you know what you need to do then, don't you? The thing is, the, yeah. the, the great thing is, mate, you need to have that, in terms of team, you need, to have, you need to have balance. You have somebody that might potentially be a driving force that is that lead from the front mentality. You have somebody that's then the energizer, the people person. You have then somebody that's the organizer. You then have somebody who's analytical. Yeah. And it's actually got all these different kind of behaviors and this is what you now need in a team. And again, the big realization for me was like, again, it's like actually, I'm right now doing all of our coaches a disservice by literally giving them just me because ultimately I'm not the best 
across all these domains and i wanted to now operate from a space of like if i was now again i think of like the highest performing individuals in the world and my immediate because of my background i automatically go to athletes i think okay professional sports people if you're now a professional sports person you go into a club a team a company a, a whatever and you now have you have the gaffer you then have the assistant gaffer. You then have the psychologist, the physiotherapist. You have the nutritionist. Yeah, yeah, you have the strength yeah, yeah. conditioning coach. You have the data analysis. That's a great good way to look at it. Like and then you go in and it's like, well, right. I'll use an example of you know like uh, Lionel Messi. And it's like, well, you go in. It's like and then you have like you have a skill. You have a skills coach. So then Lionel Messi is now basically going right. Okay, he's the MVP, as are all the other players, obviously in the team. But it's like, right, okay, what does now Lionel Messi need from each and every one of these? Like you as the as the director and you as the overseer, like the individual that obviously now makes the final calls and is that that very glue that brings everything together. But fundamentally, you want people sat in different seats that have far more years of experience. Uh, probably passion as well yeah. and also Energy like and yeah like for them to be able to go right, okay let's now focus on this one thing and this is your field of expertise so when Lionel Messi goes and works with the skills coach he's developing his skill when he's working with the nutritionist he's working with the nutritionist when he's doing and that's basically what it was and then it's still a collective it's still a team and then every single one of those team members are working towards the higher purpose what's the higher purpose well the purpose of this is for us to now be able to win the Premier League the Champions League the whatever we want to become the greatest team of all time whatever it's now going to be we want to win the World Cup it's like that's now the collective mission that's now the purpose that we're now working towards and everybody then has their key roles and responsibilities within that to now make the boat go faster and that's what I wanted with our coaches and, and that's exactly what you've been able to instill is like you come in and now it's like you are a professional athlete and if you now want to go to the top it's like you now need to have all the very best people around you and then the team culture as well people to the left and to the right of you that are now working towards this collective mission that have similar values have a similar vision have similar characteristics because that ultimately is the very thing and then f underlying all of that is relationships and trust you know and if you have those things then fundamentally you cannot fail you need to articulate that into an infographic for this website you know? <laughs> i'm not you think i'm joking I said, it's like yeah it's very it's exactly it's similar to mine but like obviously you 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 are the high performance coach it's about performance but like that is, if someone would put it this way, if someone were ever going to turn around to me and go, what's Joe Paris do? I'll be literally explaining that. Yeah. Yeah. But, that, but that's it. But it's like, that was, that was, and you know what? That was my way for me to now be able to get my ego out of the door. And for me to now be able to realize, actually, do you know what? I was my biggest bottleneck because my ego beliefs and my worth was placed upon the guy that solved the problems, the guy that insert all these different kind of stories yeah. that I was telling myself you know because that was the driving force but then ultimately that can only ever take you so far and I think that's probably the biggest lesson for me it's just understanding right okay like what makes the boat go faster and fundamentally like we all stand on the shoulders of giants like you talk about obviously Stacey like so much and I absolutely love that because one of my highest values is connection and relationships and it's like it's the same with Leanne it's like I would hate to think, and I know you communicated this over the weekend as well, it's like where I'd be without Leanne in yeah. my life because fundamentally she is the absolute core, like the fount, like of every of everything that I you know do and am, I believe, and I would be a complete shadow of myself without that. And I think that's it. It's just, we all stand on the shoulders of giants in differing ways. And it's about appreciating that. If you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go further, well, it's the collaborative and you go together based upon the values that you now hold. And if you can build that, but first and foremost, as you said, 
as like the company director, as the business owner, as the whatever you want to call it, like you now need to know who you are, what you stand for, why you do what you do, the stories, the lessons, experiences of what you've now gone through. And are you now the leader that other people are attracted to, that is yeah. going to bringing the best type of um, coaches, the best type of clients? Yep. Like, are you that leader that is that North Star and that lighthouse that is going to gravitate those A-grade players towards you because that's the standard that you need to set for yourself and that's a journey and that's a process, you know? Yeah, it's like, the best way I could describe this is like when I was looking at kind of, right, who, who do I want to be now? Is what I want to be on when it comes to social media. So if, if directors are going to come in and look at me and I'm posting the same, same reel in the same room at the same lighting with different topics 30 times a month, right? How am I actually empowering anyone that I want to work with? The whole point of me basically working with these people is to create them freedom, is to obviously make them expand kind of their personal brand. And it's like, for me, I was like, like last month I turned around and went, do you know what, right? I'm only in this situation now because of these guys, right? I'm gonna fucking see every single one of them. Next thing we know, we've got 50 countries and like 14 cities planned in four or five months. And for example, we've only we've done a couple of them straight away and people absolutely love that. But it's like for me, like, look, yeah, I have more freedom now and yeah, I'm sat in a mountain range now and, and but this is just just one small part of it. For me, if I have more freedom, it's still going into work, but just in a different way. Because one thing I'll kind of say to, to a lot of you guys is I have some clients who come to me and they've got 200 odd clients. Like obviously, I know how many you had, and that's a lot with how you manage clients. But you're talking under and seven hundred eight, like a silly amount of people. Right? Let's just say, like, use an analogy, right? If you love making pancakes, right? You love making pancakes. You wake up every single morning, you're like that sound you make. You make one lot of pancakes, right? If you even if you love that, imagine doing that twenty to thirty times every single fucking day. How quickly are you gonna not love pancake making? Do you know what I mean? You're not. You're gonna get fed up of that yeah. shit. It's a bit really. like the sweets yesterday, day yes. one, mate. I mean, these sweets are banging. One bang. hour in, one hour in, yeah. three hours in, mate. Give me something else. Give me something else that yeah. isn't a sweet. You have to adapt. Like, would rip it. Like, look, yeah. There's a point where you have to rinse and repeat, but there's also a point where you need to stop taking the piss and look at what you're doing with yourself. Mm -hmm. So for me, the the re repetitive day in day out, same thing, sat behind my office. Like there was times where I was just basically, I didn't have, this was months ago and months ago that I would hide all this team. And I'd be going into the office and I'd be creating stuff because that's all I was used to do. Ben Oxworth sat behind a desk, free screens, going all that kind of hyper fixation on it all, right? So for me, I was like, really scared about doing stuff like this because again, with, with how my head works, being out of routine is really challenging. But I've literally been Dubai, come back, come here, and I'm not stressed in any way, shape or form. And I genuinely can't wait to get back into work this week. I can't wait to kind of go back into that to then next week I'm in Spain, I'm in London, I'm in Greece. And it's a case of nothing's changed at all. How I'm managing clients is still the same standard, right? How I'm kind of doing what I do is like, it's just different. And, and I think that's one thing that people need to do is if you're kind of coming to a point where you're waking up every single day and you're just doing the same shit over and over again and you're wondering why you're not growing and the only way that you're going is by just taking on more stress and more baggage for yourself. That's when you need to look to expand. That's when you need to look to change what you are doing. 
And I'm not turning around and saying that you need to jump into this straight away, but it's something that you need to think about down the line when you get to that point, right? So just be self-aware. How do you how do you actually feel doing what you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah. And if you can be totally honest with yourself, you can you can have the right decisions. Yeah. What well, one thing I said to you uh, a little while ago to the guys during one of our kind of uh, calls that I had was like, a high-performance person does not sit behind a desk all day. It was like, you know, and it was like, that was that thing for me. It's like, right, okay, do you know what? It's like, that, yeah, I'm, that was yeah. it. Like, that does exactly what it says in the tin. So you're like... You could have told me that about six months ago. But you're like, but this is the thing. And it's like, and again, it's that aspirational. It's, it's also then showing, right, okay, like you're still working. My energy's better. You're more creative. You're in different environments. And again, like we now know that when you're in a different environment, you're in a different space. In terms of obviously like uh, cognitive function and your capacity to be able to think, you're completely different, which is why so often people do their very best thinking in the in the shower uh, on a bus on a plane or on a, on a train you know yeah. it's like that's the very reason but you don't give yourself permission because in your head you're going i was here i'm now here i basically got up did this did this did this and i did that on repeat for this amount of period of time so there and now i've got to here so therefore you won't let go of that because in your mind that's what success has been created by but yeah. in order for you to now realize like old keys don't unlock new doors like it's about understanding well there there's got to be a shift and there's got to be a change otherwise you're going to hit this glass wall and you're then going to be pretty limited and it's about then realizing it's about relinquishing control it's about actually now looking at things through a different lens and ultimately it's going to come down to your creativity your curiosity and your expansive thinking that's going to allow you the opportunity to think more strategically and if you're better everything else gets better. Your business ambition is limited to the amount of energy that you have to give to it. And if you are better, fundamentally, the aura, the energy, the creativity, the ideas, the, the, the way in which you'll radiate out will be completely different. And as a byproduct, you'll put up better quality content, you'll have better quality conversations, you'll be yeah. more relaxed, you'll be more engaged, and everything enhances. But we so often think it's like this stress and pressure, whereas if we can replace that stress and pressure for a greater degree of fun and passion, then as a byproduct of that, you are so much more yourself. And I think when the world sees that and other coaches or other clients you know, see that, they actually want to be part of that because people now buy into you because they see something in you that either they don't see in themselves or they do see in themselves and they actually now want more of, you know, and people buy people. So the more you can demonstrate that um, as a personal brand, the far yeah. superior you're going to be. Yeah, but it's like the high performance coach. Uh, and again, this is something not what, what they, them guys talk about and don't speak about, but it ain't as much anyway. But genuinely, if you want to earn more money, right, and monetize you, it's literally what you guys do. Mm. It's making high performance it's keeping them a great routine it's having them that confident and having them, having every single one of like their clients for example they're doing mad things you've got content strategies behind that you've got trips you've got networking right they're in multiple different conversations and activities on a, on a constant basis if you maintain that and build on everything what they do across the board you're going to earn a shitload more money right so basically like joe's doing what i do in my job but just focusing on the person aspect of it, right? Yeah. I'm, I don't go anywhere near as deep as what these guys do into people's individually because I generally don't have the capacity to do it. That's not what people hire me and pay me for. I'll kind of come in and focus heavily on the business and make sure that the people actually match that, which is why obviously the two go to go ridiculously hand in hand together. Yeah, massively. Like our ethos is get the person thriving, the people and profit follow. When the person is thriving, everything else happens as a byproduct. And I think, mate, for you know us, the other beautiful thing that I want to add in here is that 
there's a niche within a niche. So my point being is like so often other coaches are still worried about competitors or the market being saturated or whatever. It's like we do something so similar but so different. Yeah. And there's more than enough people to go around that we actually wouldn't have the capacity to serve. I could bring another 20 coaches here that were looking to then do similar things. We are then as a collective still wouldn't then have enough capacity to now be able to coach the amount of people that then actually need to be coached. So it's about you now finding your thing. What's your level of speciality? What is that new opportunity that you now want to create fundamentally? What is that movement that you now want to do, like you now want to be able to facilitate? You know, and if you can create that new opportunity through your stories, your lessons, your experiences, creating the product, creating the offer, then understanding the framework in terms of how that's then delivered, and then like you say, the client retention, the fulfillment, and then of course the KPIs, the data, the tracking, the metrics as a byproduct of that that allows you to understand and look at where you're going like you're onto it you're onto an absolute winner but it's about actually hanging your hat on something and standing for something like you have an obsession with running high performance businesses and the business component the company structure the analytical and making sure that every single component is now taken care of and now looked after like that is so aligned because it's done for you yeah um, and you're now solving a massive problem that's actually saving people money and of course then generating the money. It's exactly the same as us. It's like new opportunity, new movement, but it's having the confidence as a individual to pick that five pound note off the floor and say, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I do. And just like you said then, this is what I don't do and I'm okay with that yeah. because that actually brings more power and more weight to them what you do do because of the confidence and conviction you have. Yeah, 100%. Insane. Dude, we're going to wrap up because uh, it's starting to rain. Um, final point, what is next for Ben Hawksworth, apart from Malaga Marathon? <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's, the, it's the client trips. It's going to be like I said, I've got fucking hell, like 14 to 15 countries to visit, like 50 cities, doing a YouTube with every single kind of client, loads of kind of new stuff onto that side. Um, but yeah, that's basically taking up the whole of the rest of the year for me. The Mal the Malaga, is it, yeah? Yeah. Malaga, <laughs> don't even know where you're going. Just signed, just signed. Just booked it this morning. Just signed up to this morning. I was like, don't do VIP and get a free T-shirt. I was like, yeah, buzzing. Uh, but basically, no, it's not free, is it? Because I paid more. <laughs> yeah. But basically, I'm doing the marathon in December. Um, definitely not alongside Joe, because he's an absolute freak of nature when it comes to running. But yeah, other than that, it's just me. It's going to be a lot of people seeing actually who I am away from the coach consultant and, and the biz, business side, which my videographer, um, even though I'm stealing Joe's, um, <laughs> is, is obviously real looking forward to because he's been putting this idea in my head for, for ages. So it's going to be it's going to be a really fun period, to say the least, mate. And, and I'm sure that we're going to have some fun plans as well. Yeah, mate, I'm looking forward to it. Dude, it's been an absolute pleasure the last three days, mate. You've been an absolute savage and uh, the work you put on the bike and being able to ride alongside you has been absolutely immense. So we're going to go and grab some pizza, have a beer and uh, enjoy the rest of the evening. Mr. Ben Hawksworth, I appreciate you, my friend. Have you seen my burnt knees, everyone, as well? <laughs> Sorry, but I've been trying to hold them up like that. It's just got redder and redder and redder. <laughs>